Subscribe to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Two working stiffs that love comics, movies, games, and more bring their nerd conversation and observations to you. You're listening to Coach and K-Rock's NerdPod, where they give you their opinion on whatever they want. Hey, don't complain. You're listening to their show. Coach, K-Rock, take it away. Welcome to episode 10, guys. Uh, we appreciate you uh, making the journey back. I like it. I like what I like what people are about when they come back for the show. We're here. We made it. It's episode 10. Double digits, my friend. I know. Good we, it's good. And uh, numbers continue to rise, so we, we love that. And uh, we're in preparation. We're, we're sort of in overload right now with uh, in, in preparation for uh, Comic-Con. It seems like... Um, you know, it's a Super Bowl, right? For us, or at least for me, um, it is. It's pop culture overload, and it's funny because I remember the first uh, time that I knew about Comic Con, or you know, I would see them in magazines, or I would see advertisements for Comic Con, and it was obviously a much smaller event. And now it really has turned into the Super Bowl, where companies know, smaller companies know that they're not going to get the exposure because of large announcements, right? Like, you know that we've heard so much, so little about Game of Thrones this season so far. HBO is infamous, and they absolutely know that once they drop something Game of Thrones-related, it's going to dominate for a week, uh, 10 days. It's going to probably run that show. And now companies that used to have exposure, smaller comics, smaller brands, uh, smaller even television, it, it just gets lost in the crowd so now these smaller cons uh, that that are the week before and the week after are now taking on bigger guests like you can see Sebastian Stan and the Avengers are at AceCon like the, the the week before Comic-Con to get some of that exposure out there and steal some of that spotlight because you've only got a week and so with in preparation for that we're starting to already see trailers drop we're hearing rumors about what's happening in Comic-Con and you know obviously the post Comic-Con show is going to be full it's probably going to be like a supersized episode I'd imagine but a lot of stuff this week that came from and uh, a lot to talk about, right? It's exciting and yeah, uh, man, a ton to talk about today. Yeah, it's cool. So uh, yeah, it's I'm interesting. Excited. Like uh, the Marvel guys are out at Ace Comic Con, but they're not they're not really pushing this year at the the, the Big Daddy in San uh, San Diego. And yeah, there's there's no. It's funny because we've we've been inundated with so many you know so much Avengers, so much Marvel, right? And other than like the Sony Marvel stuff that's coming out, that's being announced. Not a lot from uh, the Disney guys. Not yeah, no, no, yeah. and 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 I think that it's a business move. I think it's exactly what I what I said. Right, it's that you're sharing so much screen time now in a in a one week like the eyes of the pop culture world are on you and somebody's going to spend somebody's going to spend an insane amount of money to control it and when you're you've got movies in the theaters that are pulling in literally literally billions of dollars at a time why are you going to spend when you know that you're going to be overshadowed or you're going to be second so uh i i never saw that thought i would see the day that this switched around right and now we're using different cons and different things to uh uh to showcase different platforms 
platforms, and that's great. And you're right, not much from Disney, not much from, uh, again, how can a company like Image or Dark Horse or any independent hope to find any light? I mean, it used to be programs like this is where clerks would shine, right? Like somebody would come in and steal the show and something would get played and it was overwhelming and people, and I guess we still do have the Tribecas and the cons and the film festivals to debut that stuff. But now that, I mean, this has become a cultural phenomenon, but driven by commerce, like driven by so much, it's the dollars now. And it wasn't that way. Plus, all these studios have their own cons that they're doing. Uh, Disney has D23, right? right. Yep. So they're doing a lot of their Star Wars, their park announcements, their movie announcements are there. Um, so, But it, this reminds me back, probably going back 15 years, there used to be, and there still is, I think, um, it's not a con, but it's on the computer side of things. Yep. There was something called Macworld. Macworld is where all Apple geeks would get together. Apple would be there, and they would announce the new Mac, uh, the new iPod, whatever it was. Yeah. But there was always a presence by Apple. Fast forward a few years, Steve Jobs makes a decision. We are no longer ever going to go to Macworld. We're only going to host our own events because they, you're right. You don't need to make that expense. We don't need to make travel. We don't need to do anything. We're Apple. Yep. Just like it's like we're Disney or we're Universal. We don't have to go and go to San Diego anymore, right? We can do our own events so, where, the, where our properties right. are that big. Yeah, and so, and now will we see, now with Disney coming out with their own streaming service, and, um, you know, th- this experience now, even in the way that my Dish network or DirecTV operates, you don't go in anymore the same way that you used to on your cable subscriber to go to on demand. It's there. Everything is pushing towards their own marketplace, right? So now it's like the AT&T marketplace lives inside of my direct TV and you search what you want and it offers different selections. It doesn't matter what channel is hosting it anymore. And you see that more and more. It's the actual production company that matters and not the host. And you, we're going to see that more and more and more that the who is who's spending the money. It's just about marketing, right? It's And so when Disney puts out their own streaming service and now, and of course we have the news that we'll, we'll get to, um, we talked about it a little last week, the, the merger stuff. The, the fact is when they have their own uh, streaming service, this changes everything. And, and what I hope will happen is what you just said, that D23 will happen, that, um, you know, Marvel will have their own, will, will or will fall under that, and then Harry Potter will live in in Warner Brothers, and then all of these places will go out, and they'll be strong enough to hold their own brand, almost like Funko with their pop events. It's going to be standalone, and that will open up Comic Con back to a place to showcase new art and new artists and comic book collecting and and gaming and the pop culture that we fell in love with in the first place because. Yeah, if they do that, it'll be great, and we're starting to see it already. So I, I you know, we'll watch that and see what happens with the trends. But certainly this year, uh, billions of dollars spent on this event, and uh, I wish we were going to be there. Unfortunately, we both have business things happening that prevent us from getting there. But uh, we'll get there, and and we'll be watching it closely. I'd say. Great, great stuff. So, man, um, what happened? What are you up to? What what's what's new in the the life of coach? 
So uh, everything's good. Uh, I uh, it's it it was a good week. Like I said, I mean, I mm-hmm. woke up every day with like fresh news, fresh content. I'm watching a fresh trailer. Um, I picked up uh, a new series from mm-hmm. um, from Image called uh, the Black Monday Murders. Uh, it's a uh, you know obviously a graphic novel series. It's two uh, two series right or two books right now, chapter one and chapter two. So I'm really excited to lock into that. Um, we are working on a Podacy sort of side project, yes. uh, which I cannot uh, expose what that is right now. But uh, what I'll say is it falls under the same milk of what we were just talking about, right? Like Podacy is uh, you know the parent company of this podcast. And, um, it, but it, but it's a production company. I mean, essentially it produces fresh new content. And so this week we spent some time locking up some voice actors, which we got right. So, uh, we had a couple missing pieces on this project that I hustled up and I'll say that we locked down our female lead and our female ensemble, as well as our male lead and our male ensemble for this project that's coming. Script is going to be script is 90% done at this point. Once it goes over to our head of editing, um, mm-hmm. that would be K rock. will um, put the red pencil to it, make sure that we're good. And then we go into production this week while, uh, uh, and, and people are excited. So that I'm is excited about this. This, this is going to be really cool and exciting and fun and different. And I took this project like one step at a time, right? Like I, I got the, we got the idea. We talked about it. We flushed it through. What is it going to take to produce? Uh, and then I started to write it and I said, if this doesn't translate, I'm not going to continue. And then page one turned into page two. And then I started putting feelers out for actors and it just all felt like it's all coming together at the same time. So we can actually go into production. Some of our actors are actually going into production as soon as today, later today or tomorrow, where we'll start to to lay some stuff down. So that's really exciting. Um, We don't know how far it's going to go, but we hope that it's going to go very far. And so so that was my week uh, as far as uh, uh, everything. Yeah. On this side. How, How about you? What was uh, what was the week in the in the life of the K Rock? I binged uh, Netflix. I I I love their true crime series. You remember like Making a Murderer, mm-hmm. uh, for example, um, The Keepers. We binged uh, Staircase. The Staircase yeah, I loved it. I did. I story. really enjoyed it. Man, it, and not to reveal anything, um, you know how it ends or anything. But what was really fascinating to me is I was watching this right. And the, probably the first two episodes, you tell me if you had the same uh, impact I did. But I'm watching this going, wait a minute, how are we getting this footage, right? Like, yeah. this is really strange. And I'm, I'm, I start, like, pulling out my iPad and, and pull up some, some background on it. I didn't have any clue that this was all shot real time yep. during the, not just the trial, but leading into the trial, post-trial. Like, and I'm like... Thinking to myself, this was the around the time when, for you reality TV buffs, you already know this, but for the rest of us, like Survivor was hitting big, uh, Amazing Race, right? So this this opening, these celebrities opening their doors and having a camera crew tape and film their lives back then was, was becoming normal. It was just like, it was a thing happening. So in my head, I'm like, this is crazy. Like, he probably didn't think this was going to play out the way it did without giving away what happened. Right. So he invited the film crew in, I think, purely to create a reality show, but it quickly took a dark turn f- way faster than they expected. Um, 
I don't want to talk about if he did it or not. Uh, I think that's up to everyone to, to have their own take on that. Um, but definitely, I had no idea about this case. It was right, and I think this is also why it, it happened right after uh, you know nine eleven in two thousand and one. Right? That's right. This was the yeah. December following it. So of course, you know, with every news cycle, there was something new on the war on terror. There was something with the Iraqi war. His, you know, up here in the Northeast, that news was buried. I mean, it was probably a a, a, a second tier, second tier headline, right, in the news. Definitely, cycles. it and definitely it was, was fascinating to me. But um, the access that they had, and I could tell you this without giving it away, like Michael Peterson was probably thanking God he did that decision because they were able to use that footage to support and, and stand his case up because it was unfettered access to not just the defense, but also the prosecution side. They had amazing footage there. They did. They had access to the courtroom. It was yeah. incredible. And it was, the whole thing was incredible. And it's funny that that the way that we think when we uh, consume content, right? Like the how each individual absorbs content has always fascinated me. And I think about it in the sense that, um, so I'm watching this and I'm saying, wow, look at the power that, Nancy Grace and Court TV at that time had. And and I'm thinking coming off of, imagine if OJ doesn't do what OJ did and that case doesn't happen and Nancy Grace doesn't get, I mean, I think uh, careers were certainly built and destroyed on the OJ case. And I, I think that you saw media outlets rise from that. And I think that Court TV was one of them as I watched the impact that they had on that trial and jurors and all of that stuff, I'm saying, wow, if OJ doesn't happen, does Nancy Grace have the power that she has and the ability to control the media the way that she did? And I know that it didn't really take a focal point in the staircase, but it, it stood out to me. And I'm like, wow, does this do these people have a, a, an incredible amount of power? Oh and so gosh, yeah. it, it, it speaks to where we are as a society in this uh, in fake news and, and the way that the media is portrayed on both sides. And for me, and I don't know if I it, I mean, I'll say this without giving anything away, is that it's not guilt or innocence that is really the lesson here uh, at the end of it. It's it's a true look into the effectiveness of our criminal justice system, right? And mm-hmm. I'm listening to In the Dark, which is a, a great podcast right now about a man that's done, he's had six trials for murder has been sentenced and convicted five times and then each time the superior court has overturned the ruling because the district attorney uh, broke just broke rules so every time like he he messed with jurors he did he's done so much and they just are able to keep trying this guy six times and so in a sense you want to say and in both cases whether it's in the dark or the staircase you want to say is the criminal justice system broken in the way that it that it works or some people could say the opposite some people could say the criminal justice system 
works just fine because Curtis Flowers is getting six trials because of the way that the Michael Peterson thing went down on the staircase, yeah. right? So, uh, well, if I would say if the problems didn't exist in the first place, it wouldn't need six trials. So mm-hmm. that's what stood out to me in my head the most is, you know, are we are we showcasing the flaws or the the uh, incredible uh, ability to right wrongs in our system the way that it sits now? And yeah, I, I, I think that's a great take on it, Coach. I I felt the same way. I'm like, great that the these 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 folks are 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 able to get, we'll say, an appeal done or, or whatever due process, you know, right? due process. Yeah. But we but when you're watching when you watch the staircase and you're watching things be presented as an as somebody watching, you know, after the fact, and and yes, this thing was produced to spin a certain way. There's certain facts that came out that you just couldn't dispute that's right that your decision and you're you're going how does a juror decide the way they just did when this just came all out like this it it was crazy to me how um slanted the prosecution was right and and how they were like we are going to get this conviction no matter no matter what no matter what, and to me, it's like when, as you watch the show, your 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 beliefs in our justice system, which isn't perfect, is for me. It was it was shaken down. Like I I couldn't believe what I was watching. Right, uh, and I'm like, I I have sympathy for the defendant when you don't get a fair fair trial, and you know, you're um, judged by a jury of your peers. Um, you know, it, the the prejudice that you're that that came out was. It floored me. So anyway, yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, so no, that's great. And I'm so glad we didn't even prep that or talk about it, but we both had uh, pretty strong takes on it. So that's cool mm-hmm. that we, uh, it was good. And I don't know if that will see a follow-up to that story. And, um, uh, you know, in closing, I'll say that Michael Peterson is not a likable person, in my opinion. Maybe he's likable to the people that are around him, or if you're under his spell, he's not likable. But I did not like him, but I felt for him many, many, many times throughout that those 10 episodes. See, and I think this is another thing, like for each each their own, I found him very likable. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I didn't see, like some people say he's creepy and, and this and that. I'm like, I just see him as a normal person who, who for me, I, I, I took him as a grieving um, husband, as as somebody who has, you know, who has secrets that he wants to keep secret. Uh, I didn't see anything odd. I mean, he's an odd duck to begin with. I mean, he is, but... I didn't see anything that was uh, sinister about him. Yeah, so I had like a, I had a completely different um, take on him as a person, and you know my instincts were sort of jumping around. Um, and I'm sure we could talk about this for hours, but I, um, uh, I'll maybe I'll tweet what uh what you know we'll do we'll we'll tweet what our personal feelings are of of guilt and innocence and process and what. Um, you know, I, I did find myself absolutely rooting for him at different points, but then I was questioning my own rooting. I'm like, geez, am I? Uh, and that's a question I'm sure that people ask themselves all the time, like whether or not they're able to prove this case. Are we are we still doing the right thing? Right. Like is is no matter how we tell the story, if it puts a bad person behind jail, does it really matter? And I, I think that people were asking themselves that I was asking myself that throughout watching this. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's on it's a Netflix original. You can check the trailer out. Um, we'll actually throw the trailer up on our social sites after this as well. So cool, man. 
So, uh, how about any new movies? Did you, did you finally make it to Incredibles 2? I did. I got there. I got there. It was good, man. So we, um, we went yesterday, actually yesterday morning and, uh, went to an early 10 AM show. And we kind of talked about this a little bit, um, about, it says a 66% dip, um, in the, for the Incredibles, which I, you and I, there's no way I'll be floored if that's the case. Yeah, I don't. I, I was saying that this is headed for top five animated of all time, uh, based on what I saw with my own eyes and what I heard from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? I mean, I, you you said not an empty seat in the house. Kyle Jr. went last night at eight o'clock, and it's completely sold out. And I, and I'm like, wait a minute. I said eight o'clock on the second week, and I had never seen that before. Yeah. On the I'll, second weekend, I was in the theater yesterday, and you know, after I was like, oh, we'll just hop into another movie. Let's go see Incredibles. You know, the times are right. And you, with AMC, you pull open the app, you can see if there's any empty seats, right? Because they're all they're all paid for and bought for. Um, not one empty seat. There, I mean, maybe there was a random theater with one empty seat. It was completely sold out. So I don't know where they're pulling the 66%. I can tell you in AMC in Massachusetts, it wasn't the case. Yeah, and I can tell you the same thing in... Uh at the private theater and the you know the IMAX uh, experience in Providence, so yeah, I mean that's that that, that so I I think that um, somebody's got some wrong numbers from um, you know the box office right now. I think we're gonna see uh, some craziness, but I, I so I guess yeah I can go on this first and to say that so the Incredibles was a a lovely great. Pixar movie and you know when Pixar does something it takes extra chances that Disney probably couldn't and or or wouldn't um so in that sense it was a, a great movie and I'll open with that bow bao was the short film that opened it up was just, was fantastic and I thought um it started off it felt weird racist e to me uh, because it portrays a Korean seemed like South Korean couple um, and the characteristics of the male figure were very overpronounced it felt like almost like Jerry Lewis overpronounced like um, and I was like oh really like a, the, we're going here on a uh, you know Southeast Asian it kind of freaked me out a little bit but then it very, very quickly got out of that, and tra- it was just the art style. It wasn't uh, an insult at all, and went into what was just an absolutely fantastic story. Um, really, really, really good, and very, for somebody who has a 17-year-old son who um, is trying to find himself right now and is adventuring out, and you know, we're trying to let him burn his hand on the stove a little or fall out of the tree and break his arm, like, uh, we're trying to let him find his way, uh, as opposed to being like a helicopter parents, it really hit home. So it, it, it's sort of a story like that of a kid coming to age and parents and a mother, how she deals with that in a really, really fantastic and was probably the highlight of the entire experience for me uh, was the short story. So uh, beautifully done, beautifully animated. Uh, I'm sure it's going to win a whole bunch of Oscars. So check that out. Um, you might even be able, they may show it at Comic-Con. You might even be able to catch a glimpse of that uh sooner rather than later, but really, really, really incredible. Um, so that, that was great. And then <laughs> from there, it transitions to this weird moment that I've never experienced in uh, the movies before. And it runs to the whole theme of the movie for me, is it opens with almost an apology, right, from the stars of the show, Craig, uh, or the stars of the movie, Craig, 
Nelson, Nelson. Um, uh, Holly Hunter, sure. Samuel L. Jackson, and uh, they, although Bob Odenkirk was fantastic in this, he was not in this beginning part. And so the actors are out there and they're showing clips from the original movie. And they're almost, they're like, we know it's been 13 years, so, like, we're sorry that it took 13 years. And I'm like, uh, there have been plenty of tra- there have been plenty of movies that have waited a really long time for a sequel. I don't understand what they're apologizing for. And mm-hmm. the, it felt weird to me. I, I kind of, Here's what I, I liked that it was different. I liked that it wasn't just the normal opening. But it was like Samuel L. Jackson was was saying, I'm sorry it took 13 years, but you're really going to love this. It just it was really weird. Right. Like so it started this whole theme of apologizing through the movie. And so if, if that's the the one critique I can give of this movie is that it was so it, it, it's is that Disney or Pixar felt like they were apologizing through the entire movie for something that they've never been guilty of. And they've always uh, pronounced their characters. They've never been overtly racist. They've never been overtly sexist. And yet they they apologized not only vis- you know, uh, visibly at the beginning for being gone so long, but then they apologize in storytelling through the entire, the entire movie. And what I loved about, um, and I'm going to tell you what I mean by this. When, when I talked about lost in space and the way that they wove their female characters in, right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Catherine Heigl said something, uh, similar and people have been saying this about the movies for quite some time, right? Like, what I'll say is Lost in Space did a wonderful job of portraying female characters and and making strong characters because they were strong, because they are strong, because women can lead, because women are uh, as good. You know, it, it's not about you don't need a man to save you. And when they're put in the forefront, then the story is just as good and it takes nothing away. And it took me five episodes to even realize that this is now a female led cast and I embraced it and I loved it. And, but what they didn't do was dumb down the, the males to do it. And that's what Catherine Heigl said about, um, what was it? Uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. The Seth Rogen knocked up movie where they said they made all the women prudes and they made all the guys just bumbling idiots. And that was an attempt to make strong female characters, but it failed miserably in doing that. This movie, The Incredibles, it does this, it's telling you that they know that they screwed up for 50 years beforehand by putting women to the side and letting you know we're now putting the women up front. And it was like they were tapping the audience on the shoulder and letting them know we're doing the right thing. As oh, opposed that's a pandering to, moment. Right? Oh, so yeah. instead of letting the story tell the story, there are moments through this entire movie where it's so over the top that they're they're not allowing the, the audience to... And I'm thinking about this. If I'm a nine-year-old girl, which I could never put myself in the shoes of a nine-year-old girl... But as I'm viewing this, this it wasn't the automatically strong, this is how it's supposed to be. It was this over-the-top, um, we need to make sure you all know that Harvey Weinstein had nothing to do with this movie. Like, And that's okay. And, and 
and I understand why people feel like they need to do it. And I understand the, the need to put it forward. But go over to Netflix and go talk to Lost in Space about how to tell a story. Go talk to, to Reese Witherspoon, by the way, who is uh, leading so many casts. And her production company puts women first without victimizing the woman or without making the guy a dummy or without and, and is just doing it and is just putting characters first that belong there and and so if that's the one thing now the animation was fantastic the story was good you felt good you felt like you were part of the family again like it, it did all of those things so I, I don't want this to be like this was a bad movie but this was an opportunity to have Elastigirl lead um the baby stole the show. Jack Jack was incredible. I mean, of they, course, they did. You could see that coming. A mile oh, away. he's just yes. Yeah. So he is fantastic, and <laughs> that the, the character development was great. The you you saw and learned so much. So in the in the universe of of Pixar movies, I would put this absolutely in the top three or four. Definitely wow. top one or two in the sequel land. I love their use of sixties. They make it like you're in the 60s. It felt like Mad Men. The visuals did, although you're in modern times. So even a big screen TV looks like a 60s TV. And even the, the modern things look old and, and sort of classic. And I love that about the way that they did this. And so, so many things were perfect. They've got to get that right. So they, they've got to find a way to get that right. Find a way to put your, 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 your get your point across without slapping the, 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 the viewer, the customer in the face and letting them know what you're doing so that's my only that's my my take on it really really great i think it's gonna um it's gonna break a ton of records i think it's gonna be i think the the third one will focus on the right things and it's gonna be a great series moving forward so um that's yeah that's sort of my take on it great great um i went to check out jurassic world fallen kingdom uh this weekend and uh this was way better than i expected it to be um it's. I think I told you I gave it a C plus, and you're like, "Well, C plus is it worth the ten bucks?" And I say yes. Uh, so the reason I gave it that, you know, a C plus versus a better or lower uh, is, although it got to, it was a bad start to the film. Like getting into the story, it was. I just thought it was bad storytelling. I mean, there were some really big leaps uh, that, that they were taking to quickly get into the the rhythm of the movie and it's absolutely just to jump in it's getting pants getting destroyed by critics and that's okay i don't agree with 50 percent yeah i know but just just in that i wanted to to make that a caveat in uh in this but go ahead sorry it's i think if you're if you're going to rely only on the critics judgment you're going to miss out a lot of fun um think about what the critic looks for they look for storytelling they look for uh richness in the movie and a lot of it's very personal so i'm going to give you my personal take on this sure without revealing any spoilers they they took a lot of uh leaps of faith with the animals you know with the dinosaurs with their wild animals number one how do how are characters getting into the position where they're going back to isla nubar to go rescue these animals the whole thing is on a shaky premise to begin with that's the big my big takeaway the big negative i have for it it was like the build-up to get into the story was just, it was pretty weak storytelling. It wasn't believable. Uh, although we're talking about genetically modified dinosaurs here. So how much believability do you need? And that plays into my thought of, well, this is a tentpole movie. 
and it's a B-rated type of monster movie. If you go in with that expectation, you're going to enjoy it. Forget what the critics say. If you want a popcorn movie, this is it for me for the summer. I, I was very happy. So it was a, it was a rocky start, but it, it surprisingly got into its rhythm pretty quickly in terms of the action, the story pushing forward, and then caring for the characters. And it had a, like a, a lot more heart than I expected it to have. Um, so the way you think of it is... is um, like these aren't real animals, so we're watching, uh, like I said, a tentpole. This isn't the Discovery Channel, right? So this isn't Shark Week. This is a fake yep. <laughs> movie. That's right. So the science is out the window already. But one of the biggest surprises for me was there was like a, a very emotional punch in the face in the first act that no one was expecting. There are people crying at this movie to deal with fake dinosaurs. <laughs> so... It, it hit in an emotional point when I did not expect. And in fact, if you go search online, there it seems to be a trending wave happening right now about this one part, which is really, I I, I remember watching it going, I'm not crying, you're crying, you know. <laughs> I look over yeah, at yeah, Caitlin's yeah. eyes are watering. <laughs> wow. uh, and then it was like a few other hits like that throughout the movie, and I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, so all in all, not not a terrible movie, but not it's not a good movie in any any way shape or form right this isn't the incredibles we're talking about here mm. this is a sequel to a jurassic park reboot okay take it for what it is right and if you're gonna go check it out there is an after credit scene which i think was unneeded it, it just they're you know they're following in the, the wake of uh, the marvel a lot of uh, studios are now let me just say this if you're going to put a post-credit scene make it something relevant make it important make that 20 minutes sit through credits worth it for the audience because i'll tell you this i probably won't do it again for universal yeah like, that was just to me was awful it, it it the scene helps move the move you into the next movie if if i i would imagine but to to everyone listening just go to leave the movie when the credits roll and go home and look it up on youtube don't wait um that's my take. So That's useful, I, and I like it. What was cool, um, I don't know what Incredible showed for trailers, but there are some really cool trailers that I hadn't seen yet. Yeah, yeah same same here. Um, glad you did that, you said that, because, um, yeah, what, what, was, what stood out for you the most? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I had no clue about this movie. Yeah. No clue. Boy, is that something? <laughs> oh, my God. I and Caitlin leans over. Is like you have to go see this with our, my nephew Jack. I'm like I'm in uh, this thing. So if you haven't seen it already, uh, you'll go. You can go quickly find it. Go check it out. Spider Man into the Spider uh, Verse. It features Miles Morales, and it's basically a universe that has all. And you saw it too, I think, right? I did. Has all the Spider Man or Spider characters in it. So you've got Gwen Stacy, you have Peter Parker, and all these different takes of Spider Man. They're all together in the same universe. But the way it's it's animation, but it's it's animated like you're looking at a flip book of a comic book. It's it's stylistically was so much fun. I'm like, oh my god, how would I not know about this? I cannot wait for December to roll around. This is a great movie. It has nothing to do with the Spider-Man we're seeing now. This is a standalone. It's it looks incredible though. So 
check it out. I mean, did you guys get that one in uh We didn't. I, I checked it out after the fact when, uh, you know, the, the buzz started around it. And uh, what did you, you think? Uh, from a from a comic perspective, it's going to allow for flexibility that a movie will never be able to have, right? And we got an advanced Gwen Stacy like later in the in in her. So there's no origins. There's no. I mean, we're we're hopping in uh, at a great time in the comics, and that it's going to open up the window for like Silk and for just all of these newer uh, sort of heroes that they can write in quickly and not have to, I mean, this is brilliant and this is the kind of stuff that we need more of. I mean, this is it. And they're going to uh, sell a lot of, um, oh, comics. They for are. The kids. So, they're going to look at this and the, the style is so much better than any animated show out there today. Uh, for sure. For uh, like, for sure. And, you know, again, how about, uh, Marvel is going, is going to be going against the teen Titans movie, which, is not gonna, you know, Teen Titans is gonna be Teen Titans, and there are Teen Titans uh, fans on the comedy. I'm, I'm sorry, on the Cartoon Network show. I have no, I'm not bought in at all. It's DC to begin with, but if you're putting those two up against each other, once again, DC's in trouble and because this is forward thinking. This is uh, exactly what we need. So I'm over the top. This is a wait in line Thursday night. Be there early. We're gonna hear different things, and and guess what. That when you are making stuff like this, you can make adjustments on the fly for inexpensive. You can react to fans. You can put out sequels quickly. You can, you know, this is something that could easily live on Disney streaming channel when it happens. So it was just so. Um, I was, you know, you, you catch a trailer, and most of the time you already know it's coming. I had this caught me completely out of the blue. So I was to say it delighted would be an understatement. I was just glued to my seat. I couldn't believe. It looked incredible. It's just unbelievable. I'm, and you're right. The Teen Titans is that that uh, animation style which I think looks terrible, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it looks awful. And then you you put it against what we're about to see with Spider Man into the Spider Verse. It just again, it's another reason why you look at what is coming out of the Marvel crew. And I know this is a Sony uh, still, venture, no, but still, still, yep. you got to get Marvel to work on it. You can see why they just there's nothing they 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 can do wrong right now. It looks like so that was for me the best trailer. There was a few other ones I think um, that looked yeah. cool too. So yeah, I my um, takeaway incredibly from this week, my favorite trailer of the week was Ralph breaks the internet. I would see it. Oh my goodness, man! So I'll have to go watch it after the show. I, I think that it's um, and I said it in my show prep notes like. This movie might be the real Ready Player One that <laughs> that we wanted, right? That 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 That's everybody great. wanted. I think so. Uh, you can clearly figure out the storyline. I mean, it's it's Ralph and Glitch, uh, played by John C. Riley and Sarah Silverman, which. I'll go back to the Spider-Verse for a second. I think this I think that's why you didn't know that it was coming was because I don't think there's a ton of uh, I think Peter Parker might be played by Zac Efron. I heard I thought I heard his voice in the trailer. I could be wrong. I didn't check it. Um, but when, when you don't have giant actors tied to this stuff and you can write it behind closed doors, nobody's taking pictures of of uh, of that stuff. And, you know, it's not not showing up on IMDb as people attached to it. I think that's why it can sneak up on you. And it did. Yeah. 
Um, I think I, I heard like Lily Tomlin and isn't it Leif Schreiber? Yeah. So I mean, uh, nothing. But, I mean, though, that's your biggest stars, right? I mean, and 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 that those are people that have, in their own right are talented and amazing, but not somebody that you're watching when it comes to Spider-Man type. You know, the 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 fanfare that's around the other stuff. So. Uh, but but anyway, back to Ralph. So uh, clearly you can see where this goes. I mean, it's easy. They, they get out of Fix-It Felix. They end up in the internet. And the trailer is... And it, it's from the same writers, I guess, as Zootopia, which had another incredible um, see, a, uh, trailer scene with the uh, sloths at the registry. I don't know if you oh remember that take. <laughs> we were laughing hysterically when that came out. And so a couple of moments within the trailer that are like that, I won't steal them from you, but what I'll say is that there's a princesses scene with the Disney princesses that absolutely was that sloths in the DMV moment. Uh, just really, really, really great. And uh, so check it out. Like, it's really exciting. And I think that you're going to see a normal character that wouldn't be, you know, get to the internet and be living in an internet world, a modern internet world. So imagine going from the 80s or 90s to uh, the internet world and, and the jokes that go with it. And I think it's mm-hmm. it's brilliant, a brilliant idea. And if the, tra- if the movie is anything like the trailer, hopefully they didn't uh, waste everything that's great about it on the trailer. But it looks really, really, really fantastic. I think this winter season is going to be it pretty great. It looks really strong yeah, all together. This is a Disney movie, right? It is, yeah. It is. Disney owns the um, uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Yep. Got so uh, a lot of flexibility on what they're able to do. And they're also taking some shots at themselves in the trailer. And uh, Disney making fun of themselves is always fun, right? Yep, so, yep. That's fantastic. Uh, but, you know, like you actually have Elsa and Mulan and all of those people are actually in the room. That makes a big that's difference. That's right. Uh, Glitch is a uh, princess, so she's part of the princess crew, right? She is. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. Uh, very cool. Watch that uh, as soon as you can. And that actually, speaking of movies that are coming out in the winter, you saw uh, another trailer that sort of Scott pe- falls Mosier's that. Grinch as the prequel to the Grinch. Scotty Mo. The uh, the animation. Um, I leaned over to, to Caitlin and I said, oh, yeah. She's like, this looks really funny. I'm like, this is um, Scott Mosier from the podcast I listened to in the morning from Clark. She goes, no. <laughs> uh, amazing, right? I like, know. So, good for him. He's a big, this is a big money for him. And it looks good. We were laughing. Um, we were laughing a lot at it. Yeah. It's, so it's the, definitely the, not. It doesn't seem um, to be pushing it towards the adults as much. It's it's it looks like it's firmly rooted in it's a children's cartoon, but the humor was good and it's certainly something we'll go check out with the uh, the, the young ones when we're out in California. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, I I watched it in preparation for the show and saw the supermarket scene. Pretty funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, good stuff. So uh, and listen, Mosier has been. Um, uh, out trying to find his way. I mean, he did those early, um, you know, Clerks, Clerks Two. He did uh, Dogma. He did uh, Mall Rats. Did Chasing Amy. And then, uh, you know, when Kevin started to break into those uh, other movies, Scott left and uh, tried to go out, joined this team out in England, um, and it's really exciting. And he, you, we can finally say, uh, I guess, uh, it, the the cover's been blown, and that Scott is taking the the uh, directing title on this. So it's fantastic. Really great news for a good guy and uh, somebody that's certainly brought us a lot of joy over the years. So it, paid it, his dues for sure. Yeah, paid his dues. Uh, glad to see it. So, and uh, I think the last trailer we both saw was Creed Two. Yeah, man. So that was my first time. I, I know you watched it before me. 
I did. That was my first time seeing it. Yeah, I, I, so great, right? Um, yeah. So it, it looks like, so uh, like full disclosure, huge Ryan Coogler guy. Um, you know, Coogler is the the genius behind Fruitvale Station, um, and then did the first Creed, which undoubtedly shot him into the uh, Marvel universe and, and gave him some notoriety to do Black Panther, which he just absolutely nailed, right? And mm-hmm. and couldn't have been better on Black Panther. Uh, he did a, a perfect job. If the, if there's such a thing as a perfect director, a perfect movie, I think he got it done. So when I heard that they were not going to let uh, leave well enough alone and they needed to not only bring Creed back, but they needed to br- to bring the drug the Dragos back into the movie, I was disappointed and scared. And I said, man, and Stallone was all over it. He had his face on it. He had his, um, I mean, he was standing there firm, just, you know, we're going to do this. It's going to be a Drago thing. And now I'm involved. Stallone was not involved other than as an actor in Creed. So when it was like, are we going to get another Tommy gun? What are we getting? This probably is not going to be great. Rocky Balboa was not a terrible movie, uh, but no, I like that one. That was good. It was. Good. Good it was um, but uh, the, the stuff, it seems like when Stallone is really highly involved, um, it goes a little sideways. So, um, or at least in, in lately. Right. So, mm-hmm. so I was skittish and I said, Oh man, I hope they, they do this character right. Because, um, they did such a great job developing both characters, the, the both leads. And, uh, so I imagine that they had the studio after the success of the first Creed, I imagine they had Stallone on a really short leash leash. And when I first heard it was supposed to be Stallone writes and directs and produces. And I said, okay, if that happens, we're in deep, deep trouble and this is going to be a terrible movie. So I think the studio said, we'll give you the money. We're going to put this out as a feature. However, we're going to let you write. We're not going to have you direct. We are going to have you write and we will have you produce and we're still going to have you act, obviously, as Rocky Balboa and a staple. I think that this may be the one where they take Sly out, uh, maybe as, uh, you know, maybe he goes by the way of the Mick. We'll see. Um, but they grabbed, uh, so anyway, I think they had him on a, on a short leash, uh, limiting his exposure because of the size of the movie. They grab, uh, Stephen Capel from the land fame. Uh, he's going to take the helm, uh, direct this movie, uh, Stallone and Coogler are writing characters, which is cool. Uh, so character development, they're going to continue on what they did in Creed one, um, and then they got Cho Hodari Coker uh, from Luke Cage, which is great on screenplay. So he'll be the one adapting the characters. Fantastic. It's not going to be a gritty sort of Coogler movie like Fruitvale Station or the original Creed. But I think that with Coogler on it still writing and the fact that they grabbed uh, Capel as the director... Uh, and they're, they're doing the right things here, I think. And this is going to be a uh, standalone movie that, that will hold up, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of my take on it. It was... Uh, Good take, man. Thank you. Thank you. So, so, what, so we just went through a bunch of trailers, and I guess this is a... A good segue to, to say what's left for Comic Con. <laughs> I know, right? So <laughs> it's that that's, uh, but but there's been so many things that we've talked about 
over however long, right? Like the last year yeah. that we've talked about that. <clears throat> we've heard little things, right? So we've heard, we know that there are at least a couple of Joker movies in development. We know that mm-hmm. uh, that Leto will still lead that universe where Suicide Squad came from, that, um, mm-hmm. you know, the Batfleck came from. So they had a lot of old material from that. I would not be surprised to see a Jared Leto Joker um some kind of trailer, whether it's a teaser, I would imagine you it'll be a teaser. It won't be a full trailer. Uh, I think that may pop up. I'm not sure that we would see um, the uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker, but possible. I think it's possible to see a trailer from, I mean, a teaser from that too. Maybe 30, 45 seconds, throw it together. Um, that's sort of, those are the two that I expect to see the most. One of those two or both. Well, those will be the biggest surprises, I suppose. Right. right? Like that, that. If there's something revealed. If there's something there. I do think that you could see. Now, you know, we talked about this last week that Jay and Silent Bob went up to uh, Vancouver to mm-hmm. shoot that Drake video, which was great. We know that Jay and Bob are uh, taking the uh, taking to the streets again for Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I think it's possible that they they get something out. Uh, for Comic-Con, Kevin's exposure in Comic-Con. He's working for both IMDb and for Funko. Uh, I'm sure over the next week it'll be announced that he's doing more. So I would not be surprised if we saw uh, on this platform the ability to get some kind of trailer out. Um, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. hop in. What I mean, if- his, his stock is up right now, uh, clearly, um, in, in entertainment with the, the hard, surviving the heart attack. And all of the the press tour that he did after that, right? And, yeah, um, yeah. So his stock's up. I wouldn't. I'd be. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something from uh, from, from, from uh, Kevin yeah. Smith. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be good. Um, so I know that um, I heard the rumor, and this will be exciting. Do we see Jeremy Renner as Ronan? Um, I think that here's as what, Ronan. Um, yeah, so... I haven't heard this. Yeah, so I think that... Um, well, here's the natural... And this is... I have, I don't, I'm not sure that I've even really heard it either. But um, the character arc uh, in the comics goes from... Uh, it goes from Hawkeye. Hawkeye loses his family and turns into Ronan. Um, and Ronan... Uh, is you know it's just it's a similar character but it's a darker version of uh, of Hawkeye. So my take is that we will uh, he he will have lost his family at the end of Avengers or at least some of his family, um, and we're gonna get an all black suit, an all black darked out version, especially that we didn't see him in the Avengers. This could launch uh, in Phase Four a solo Ronan movie. But I think that we may see something from this character. We're only a year away from uh, the second Avengers Infinity War movie. So I think Renner could be introduced as Ronan. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So it, it, I, it makes sense to me with him being left out, right? So I love it. I, I, I really I really love that idea. Let's, um, let's yeah. We'll fingers crossed, see. right? Yep. So that could be cool. And um, what did you, what have you seen um, this week? I, you know, I haven't really seen much. I know Glass, uh, which is the M Night Shyamalan, whatever. Shyamalan, ding dong. <laughs> yeah. uh, Glass is going to be there, which is the 
third of the Unbreakable um, trilogy. Yeah, trilogy. Yep. Uh, so that looks interesting. Uh, we'll we'll check it out. I, I do love those movies. It's a, a very very dark take on uh, the superhero theme. Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah, I think yeah, I think he did great with those. And I know. Um, yeah, that's exciting, and and so that actually brings up a, a question of of Hall H, right? So yep. traditionally at um, at Comic Con, um, Chris Hardwick, who you know the king of all nerds, uh, started Nerdist, um, is under some kind of suspicion. We went over it last week. Yep. Um, you know, some allegations. Long story short, he won't be right hosting. Long story yeah. short, he will not be in Hall H now. Big studios have to pay, I would imagine, a lot of money to get featured in Hall H, the main hall. Many times we see The Walking Dead in there. Many times we see uh, Game of Thrones in there. We see all of the big bigs. And generally, uh, it has been Chris Hardwick, unless otherwise noted or, you know, at slower points during the week, you might have gotten somebody else. But in the main event, on the main stuff that's being announced, all the old Avengers stuff, all that, it's always Hardwick up there. So it led me to the question of this week like who who will be that replacement um and my hope obviously was that kevin smith would get tapped for it or ming chang has been somebody that's been doing other halls across the country he's he's been moderating all the other major cons uh on q a's and stuff like that so i hope that it would be somebody like that but what it appears is happening is that each studio is choosing their own person within the universe, their own universe, uh, to lead it. So whether it was a character that died off or uh, maybe a, a, a character that people like, it, it looks like uh, they're going to be leading their own panels, right? So we do have a glass panel. Uh, I think we do have a Wonder Woman 84 panel. We have uh, some other, some other week, there's a, a Netflix, I mean, I'm sorry, yeah, Netflix Marvel television panel. All of those will be hosted individually by folks. Chris Hardwick will not. So, um, and, and to close it out, I mean, I think we do see, you know, I'm going to be keeping an eye on the comic stuff. Image is set to make some, um, some serious announcements. It's very possible that Kill or Be Killed gets announced as a movie. Um, I think is, that, um, is this going to be the, uh, the, the Aquaman Comic Con, do you think? Like this, is that going to be the, they're, um, PC, I think they're going to just throw a ton of money to promote that movie boy if they do it's just i already think that it's not being it's not playing well um and i i loved jason momoa in game of thrones sure but he's a, uh, he's a he terrific fantastic. actor on screen i mean yeah. he's gonna try if he could win if he can give this the wonder woman treatment and what i mean by that is wonder woman came out and there was no reason to think based off of dc's uh, performance so far that it was going to be a great movie I'll say it was a good movie, very good movie, not a great one, but there's no like if he can pull this off, he just he he'll he'll jump up in the ranks for me for the for a good actor because yeah. I don't know how he's gonna do it. I, I know, really don't. and I'm not sure. Um, but I, I I just it's not believable. But I'm 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 already starting off on like an irritated level, right? Like I'm not in a good place with it, so yep. I'm probably not the best person to ask that. But I think. Uh, yeah, they're going to spend a lot of marketing dollars, and you're going to see his face giant across uh, San Diego for at least three or four days. So we're going to mm-hmm. see. Um, yeah. I'd love to be surprised too, man. I would. Um, yeah. So There's I guess nothing gonna... wrong with with good good comic book movies coming out no. across all the uh, the companies, but totally man, he was, agree. He, he was just uh, he was 
you I think irritating is the word in Justice League. It's just yeah. the I, I heard um, someone say King of the Brotion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. I think I got that from uh, one of Kevin Smith's podcasts, yeah. and I yeah. was like, "From Ralph or something." That's just yeah. hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I know it. I know. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I I think it could be. Um, and we got to see. And uh, again, we're going to be doing definitely updates on uh, our site on the you know on our social media sites and uh we'll definitely be broadcasting we'll be keeping an eye on everything so cool. uh, but and actually in closing what i'll say is i think that uh, hbo is set to win this right like they okay. are absolutely set up because they have the watchman we will definitely see something on the watchman that we'll definitely some see yep. something on game of thrones um and there's some other stuff in announcement that uh you know they've been sort of keeping it under wraps um i think hbo comes out victorious i think we get a view into a good view into maybe one of the the, the prequels coming for game of thrones so i think if anybody is set to take this over who's been quietly like plotting and planning. This is that time for HBO. HBO goes quiet and and keeps one or two great shows moving, but in the background, they're going to remind everybody very soon that they're the kings of con- the original kings of content and uh and come and smack people in the face. So, um the last right, time that they went away like this, they came back with Boardwalk Empire, they came back with Game of Thrones, they came back with incredible life-changing shows. So, this is what this should be the Comic-Con that is the beginning of the resurgence of HBO. So, it's exciting. Excellent. And that brings us right to Week in Geek. Let's Which, get to it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. So what, 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 what do we have first in Das Week on Geek? What do you got? The Connors are back. No Roseanne. Wow. So, I mean, not, not a big surprise, but this is the one thing that everybody was looking for, right? They were like, why are, why are we punishing Sarah Gilbert, of course, who laid down so much work to get this show made, and uh, she's being punished, and now mm-hmm. uh, she's going to get her shot, right? She's writing, she's directing, she's leading, uh, so I think it's great. It's great news. Um, I'm Ten episode season. Uh, I'll, I, I kind of want to be in, but I just... I just I'm not a big fan of the the show to begin with. I wasn't. It's nothing either. to do with politics. I wasn't into it back in the day, and not really into it now. It's not relatable. So, I mean, we're not from yeah. the middle of the country. We're not lower middle class people from the middle of the country. That's not um, not we to are. say that socioeconomics matters. It doesn't. But that is what that show was. I mean, that mm-hmm. that show was about middle America. And oh no question, no question. I get the importance of it. I just I never really enjoyed it. I've watched a few episodes, but. It, nothing really stuck with me. Not me either. Um, so. Another thing that I, I noticed this week, um, and so you've heard of Movie Pass, which yeah, is I have movie pass, subscription yeah. service. You go to a movie, see a movie. Um, very cool service. I love the idea. I just wasn't. I, I never trusted it. Right. It's one of those things like Airbnb. You want to trust it, but like when you get to the places, there's cockroaches on the wall and like stains on the floor, and you just don't want to do it. So Movie Pass, the same thing to me. I'm like, there, there's got to be a catch to this. Well, AMC theaters just threw their hat in the ring, and you know I'm a big AMC guy. So uh, I'm already a Stubbs member, and so it sounds like it's a $20 a month. You get three movies a week, and you can go see them all in one day. You can go you know, over the course of the week, and you have access to all the uh, AMC amenities like the dine-in theater, the 3D shows, whatever you want to do. It's covered under this plan. So 
I thought that was pretty cool, very exciting that theaters are starting to think of like, oh, how do we how do we compete with MoviePass? How do we live in this world of subscriptions? Well, this is a great idea because I am very loyal to their brand. Yep. So I would probably – it's safe to say that I would probably test this thing out um, at some point. Because, I mean, even like yesterday, we're like, wow, we'd love to go see another movie. But we didn't buy seats, right? So we would have had to go you know, sneak in and, and hopefully find one that wasn't somebody else's seat. Well, if we had the pass – you probably just would have made that plan ahead of time, right? Yeah, yep. just plan back to backs and and go for it. Very yeah. cool. I think that's a great idea. It's a good good thing to see a, a major uh, theater go into that direction. Yeah, and it's a it's an MRR world that we live in, right? It's about yeah, recurring recurring re- revenue. That's it. That's it's about the recurring revenue, and and I we live in this world on a daily basis, and and everybody's going by the way of the subscription. It's great. So, uh, so a few weeks ago we talked about uh, quickly talked about. Norman Reedus wanting a tremendous amount of money uh, to continue on the Daryl Dixon role for The Walking Dead. So this week, uh, exciting, John Barenthal, the Punisher himself, is uh, has signed back uh, to join The Walking Dead post season nine. Uh, he will, uh, yep, he will join the cast in season ten, and it uh, it certainly poses the question of. Boy, do they could they do something completely original and completely outside the box? And was this the plan all along to, uh, you know, what if and tell me if you think this would be cool is if instead of it just being John Barenthal showing up in uh, in flashbacks, like a flashback yep. in, in times, if they go back to season two and Shane takes out Rick or Rick dies in the in the hospital, or whatever it is, where at that very moment where Rick takes over the crew and Shane does not, if they flip it around, put Shane in front, and we see how the story goes from there moving forward. I would love that. I, I'm You know me, I'm all about the, the, the Walking Dead. And if they're hitting the reset button and not, you know, and saying, okay, here's an alternate timeline with Shane. It might confuse the hell out of a lot of other viewers. I would be bought in. Um, I, I don't think that's what they are doing. No, I think that's a that, huge leap, but I would, I would totally love watching that happen. I mean, it'd be amazing if they were shooting double uh, this whole time, right? Because that's the only way that uh, it would be possible, right? <laughs> Unless to get they a young killed, car- killed off all, like a lot of those main characters right. in season two. and. Right. and Shane proceeded because let's say his decisions got everyone killed, right? And then you can potentially go forward by, with a brand new cast. Yeah, you Much really like could. the Fear of the Walking Dead is doing right now, which to me, they've resurrected that show. And they must, the, the original series must be looking at that going, okay, that's an idea, right? Yep, yep. yep. We don't so, have to tie ourselves to this content. I mean, you bring Andrea back, you go back to the CDC, you go, I mean, there's a lot you can do. There's a lot you can do because that's pre-Herschel. I mean, that's pre, a lot of stuff happened uh, after Shane died. So so is this post uh, Andrew Lincoln leaving? This I'm is sorry. post Andrew Lincoln. And, and wow, that's okay. what I find so interesting is that this is post Lincoln and Barenthal coming back. And because there's nobody on the show other than Daryl who who lines up timeline with Shane. With Shane, time. right. Yeah. So is this Shane's brother? Is it Shane? I mean, there's a lot of things that they could do here. I don't know what exactly it's going to be, but uh, it, I think it means more 
it was just a blip on the radar that Barenthal's coming back. And I'm like, well, how, that that is more significant than anybody really thinks. And I think it's going to be so. And honestly, cool. man, it might be the thing that gets me back. I hated Shane and I wanted to uh, he gave me feelings like I wanted to come through that TV and smash his face. And, um, you know, being a married guy. And, you know, I mean, you know, imagining uh, your best friend ended up with your wife and all of this stuff while you're I mean, he was the most hateable person on that show. And I think they felt like they had to kill him for that reason. They made him the enemy. He comes back now. I think it's real interesting. That's all I'm saying. All right. So it could could be interesting. So this week it's announced. And this is freaky, man, that Star Wars has nine Nine movies in development. Nine. So they have the trilogy, right? So that's three. Uh, the new trilogy. Yep. They have uh, episode nine. That's four, right? That leaves five so, uh, Star Wars stories. So we that's have four right. spoken for that we're like, okay, cool. We, we're good with those. And then we have another five of who knows what. And whether, yeah, whether we're getting Kenobi, whether we're getting Boba Fett, whether we're getting, we don't know exactly know what those are going to be, but um, yes, there's some, some version, some four or five versions out there that we just don't know. I read this and I, 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 my notes, I, I wrote down some, some thoughts on that. So I'm fine with the trilogies. I'm fine with the, the main, the Skywalker uh, storyline that we've seen in the first, um, it'll be really nine movies right and then you have the, the other three that'll be out so i don't know who will be involved there but um i don't feel like lucasfilm is being smart about this they're just pushing movies out and i feel because they're seeing what's happening with marvel but you're not marvel lucasfilm you're not marvel you're not that good at doing this um Star Wars was special to me, and maybe in, you can speak to it too, is because there was such a lag between movies. There's a lot of buildup. There's a lot of, oh, we're done with, right? When George Lucas is involved, he Absolutely. did the original trilogy. He said, I'm never going to do it again. Yep. Well, then he did another one, right? And that up and down, that, that emotional tie, it, it made it special as a fan. And I think it made it special as new fans coming in and saying, this isn't a given that every six months we're going to get a, a Star Wars universe to movie alongside the main story. So I think they're yeah. dropping the ball here. I, I really think they're pushing too, too hard. Too hard, too fast, too quick. And it could be now. I mean, it lives in the it's part of our culture. It's part of our lexicon. And maybe um, maybe it happens. Well, I, mean, I don't know. But. I'm not uh, feeling it. So I obviously much to be seen. We'll see if we see anything new um, from a uh, a content standpoint. I imagine we may see something in um, uh, Comic-Con, but keep an eye on it. But uh, it's it's alarming and and, you know, it doesn't give me the warm and fuzzies. So Um, so IDW announced that uh, this is actually kind of cool. There's going to be a Star Trek versus Transformers limited comic that's going to come out in mm, September. That's interesting. Right? So that's fun. What a cool concept. Right? So storyline, uh, it goes in, it starts in the Star Trek universe. Uh, enter, the Enterprise responds to like a beacon transmitter. They show up and uh, um, they, they meet up with either Optimus Prime or um, Magnetron or something. So so I can't uh, imagine like this story that the, the Transformers are trucks, cars, and helicopters and they're they're gonna. You would think they would be, maybe um, 
Enterprise style ships, Klingon style ships, right? Very cool idea. Yeah, it should be interesting, and it might lead into, you know, there are two brands that could both use a shot in the arm. They both are staggering along. They have some movies, television, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. Bumblebee looks like a nightmare, that trailer. Um, So I I think this could be, if the comic is well-received, we will meet, definitely meet Optimus Prime and James T. Kirk in this. So uh, don't know in what timeline we'll be. Maybe uh, uh, it goes back to Iowa when, you know, Kirk is a, a teenager. Maybe that's where, uh, who knows where it goes, but mm. uh, could be really cool. Then um, this is a really great one uh, that I'm excited about, and I'm hoping we see something th- th- uh, through Comic-Con, is, um, is Lovecraft County, is uh, a show that uh, HBO is in pre-production or in production on. Um, they added Courtney B. Vance this week. You know him from, um, he was in Law & Order back in the day. He uh, famously played Johnny Cochran in The People vs. O.J. Simpson, uh, which was very, very well received. This is this is an interesting concept. concept. This is fresh content. I think it's going to be a big winner. Um, it falls under something similar, uh, the new Stephen King um, series. Castle Rock. Castle Rock, yeah. yeah. So that's going to be... Um, a great, you know, I think it falls under that line where we're going to meet characters and storylines and trends from H.P. Lovecraft, but brought into a more modern time. And I think this is this is going to be amazing. So I'm hoping that this is part of HBO stepping into this new golden age of content and uh, and really embracing it. So that could be really exciting. Yeah, Castle um, Rock looks. Uh, he's got a lot of buzz. My friends been working on that show and as a on the set uh as a set designer so he's saying the production's been really smooth and the buzz in the industry is pretty high for castle rock too right so that's two castle rock and love lovecraft county that could be uh great you know talk about source material doesn't get much better than hp lovecraft and and good stephen king so um one classic movie that we talk about all the time i think in our um in our group uh, or our uh, you know in the nerd original nerddom is Logan's Run uh-huh. if you, if you're unaware of Logan's Run um any listeners out there this is a story of like uh, a or a, a post apocalyptic time where everybody dies at 30 and um Logan takes off before his 30th birthday and gets uh, chased down so it's it's very much uh, Mad Max ish but uh, it was a great sci-fi movie with uh, Sean Connery back in the day and a lot of good uh, names in this movie. And uh, so th- that is set and is getting a reboot, which is cool. They're talking about possibly a female lead there. Little Shop of Horrors also getting a reboot. Uh, hopefully we get a Rick Moranis cameo, but a, it came out <laughs> this Steve week. Martin. Yeah, and Steve <laughs> Martin. Um, and, and actually Jack Nicholson played originally in the original Little Shop of Horrors played that stage the black scene. and white yep and the black and white the Steve Martin role I'm a huge uh, Little Shop of Horror guys it, they say it's going it's entering pre-production now and they How's say it's it absolutely yeah. going to be a musical which is great yeah perfect it has to be um and it, it, have you heard any buzz about it? Like in terms of, is it going smoothly? Is there any? Yeah, I haven't heard anything set? other than that they, they've already started. I have no names attached to it at all. Um, you know, I'm hoping that they grab maybe Jennifer Hudson or somebody like that oh, to, uh, you know, talking. that would be, that would be great. Right. Like somebody like that. So that would be really cool. And I, then, by the way, on that Logan's run thing where you yeah. mentioned uh, changing the lead to female, I just, I thought 
when you said that, I was at the way when that came out of your mouth, I was like, what a great idea. Um, you know, up until now, it's one of the things that as, as a society we deal with is aging and who deals with aging, you know, and hitting a point in your, your, your life where it's like, oh, everything's downhill from here. A lot, stereotypically, it's women who have the biggest problem with that. That's so right. Logan's run, putting that as a woman main, uh, when it, you, you hit 30, it's time for you to go away. Perfect. I think that's right. a brilliant idea. It is. I think it'd be really, really cool. So, very fun. And then, my last thing is that, um, interestingly, uh, Bollywood, um, you know, which is obviously Hollywood in India, um, it was was well into shooting a musical version of First Blood. Oh. Uh, yeah, we had an Indian Rambo. <laughs> uh, I did see some shots of this and. Uh, uh, I don't know that I would have. Uh, Was there any? This. Is there anything online? Yeah, I think you can. Yeah, you can search and find at least the some prop uh, um, photos and some stuff. Yeah, yeah, you can I find want it. Music? There. Is there music out there? Because I can, don't know. We need I would to splice that into this show post if I can I find know. that. If you can find it, you'll hear it. Right. So, uh, so and I'm really book. bummed that they're not doing. Like you're, you're saying, they they pulled it. They shut it down. Yeah, that's it. That's the news. Is this there week, anything? Is more entertaining than seeing a Bollywood take on like Spider-Man, for example. No, no. Like you've seen that and it's <laughs> It great. is yeah. absolutely gold. And yeah. I, oh man. <laughs> I know, I know. So we'll see. It's it's shut down for now, but uh, it's running into some funding issues. It could get, yeah. uh, it could get uh, uh, some rebirth down the line. Maybe if we strike it rich, we can finance it. But uh, I'll finance that in a second. In if a I have second, money. I want to see that. So, so that's what I got. I think you got All one right. more thing to. One to more for me. It, I saw this happen last night. Uh, Tom Holland, uh, our our resident Spider-Man, he revealed the next Spider-Man movie, the name of it, and it's going to be Far From Home. Uh, and as okay. we know, Jake Gyllenhaal is uh, been cast as Mysterio, and uh, it's it. You'd expect it. It's going to be uh, Peter Parker dealing with the fallout from Infinity War, and uh, the timeline of the release. It looks like it's about four months away from Avengers Four. So the you know yeah after so that wraps. So I, I guess it, after all, Spider Man does survive. <laughs> That's yeah. So uh, well, we knew that right, and uh, I'm also hearing a, an incredible buzz around. Uh, so Ant Man and the Wasp has been oh, yeah. uh, viewed now by uh, at least some critics. We haven't some. talked about that at all yet. No, we uh, haven't, and I'm and I think next week will be a, a big a lot of focus on that. Um, but it he it sounds like you put on a wonderful performance and that it's Thank a you. a great movie and uh, so that's exciting. Um, that's not really news, but it is uh, that that's good news that we are. It's a hearing. buzz thing because you yeah. know it's no pun intended. The wasp get it buzz. Yeah. Uh, it's a buzz <laughs> thing that um, we are going to be uh, having a, a great time with the Ant Man and the Wasp. I'll be at all the premieres, obviously. Obviously, and, red carpeting yeah. and and yeah. yeah. Uh huh. So that's good. Autographs. Yeah. Hey, listen, it's the, the life of Paul Rudd. I mean, I, I, uh, <laughs> I get it. So, um, so that's it. And that wraps hey, the, the, good the show. week in geek. Yeah. Good show. And, uh, so yesterday I just want to wrap the show up with this. Okay. And, go one uh, more thing. Sweet. I do. Yeah. yeah. Extra so content. We can uh, extra uh, bonus content. Really yeah. This quickly. is a uh, supersized issue. So it, it is right. So supersized uh-huh. issue. We supersized nerd pod. Long. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. So I'll close it up like this and saying that as we, my wife and I were leaving, um, um, yesterday, I don't listen to um, 
to the radio ever. I, I have my content, listen to my podcast. I have my very specific playlists and music that I listen to on my way to work and all of that. And so I don't, I think when you consume content that way, you miss out on old things. So when I listen to radio stations, there's no randomness in my life and there's randomness in, uh, in the radio. So uh, Eddie Money, I think, uh, Take Me Home Tonight, came on the radio, and I was like, wow, I haven't heard this in a really long time. Mm-hmm. And it flashed me back and reminded me that Eddie Money owes me 40 bucks. And <laughs> How? I How wanna, did this come about? I need to share this story because I heard it. It's, it I know it's not necessarily nerd-related, but... It's, it's, uh, I, I, no, you've got my interest. What happened? Right, so now I got you roped in. So... Um, <laughs> You know, my my uh, early career uh, out of college, my first everything was in radio. I worked for the Opie and Anthony show for years. I worked uh, at small and large radio stations at K-Rock in New York. But um, one of my first, like, alone solo uh, jobs uh, on the radio, it was... It was early. It was early 2000s, I'll say. So I would have graduated college in 2001. I took a year off. So this, I don't know, it's like 04, 05 maybe. And I am um, working at 104.7 The Wolf in uh, Mohegan Sun. So Mohegan Sun's a casino that's local here in Connecticut, about an hour drive from where we are. And it has a radio station inside the casino. So as it's like a fishbowl. As people are walking by, uh, you can see gam- people gambling. It's tied to a garage, so a lot of people pass by. They come right up to the window and look in. And it's also right outside the cabaret theater. So I was younger and you know certainly aggressive. Well, there was also like a autograph signing area right outside the studio. So uh, anybody that would come out of the cabaret theater and sign autographs, I, being the go-getter that I was, would run out and try to get an interview because I thought I was actually adding value. This was a a Citadel broadcasting station at the time. Ultimately, it's how I got the Opie and Anthony gig, whatever. So uh, I would interview awesome people. So I got Scrap Metal. I don't know if you remember that. It was like Mark Slaughter and one of the uh, Nelson brothers. Okay. uh, Yeah, right. So they, they put a super group together from 80s hair bands. I got to interview them one night. It was really cool. Uh, Jim Gaffigan, when he was on his Beyond the Pale tour, I snagged him, (laughs) right? So I I would just snag people out of that thing. So, but the Cabaret Theater, you got to keep in mind, was a paid venue. I mean, you were paying 25, 30 bucks to see a show. Those guys had their stuff together and they were, they were, um, you know, popular, you know, acts. And so the interview was pretty relevant. And so I didn't really think this through all the way. Um, when I saw that Eddie Money was performing at the Wolf Den. Now, the Wolf Den was sort of the free venue for anybody that sort of staggered in. There's just a free show that's going on in the middle of the casino. And, uh, you know, no admission. It just, you know, you take a break from the slots, go over and see Eddie Money perform. And he was a hit machine in the 80s. But uh, but he's he's performing on the on the free stage, essentially. And... Here I'm being a go-getter and I'm excited and I run out and I I run to the stage. I have my pass around my neck from being at the radio station. I'm like, hey, how you doing? My name is Kyle Jones 
and that was my radio, my radio name at the time. I put my hand out to the manager and I'm like, I want to interview Eddie on the radio station. It's going to be fantastic. I'm going to showcase what he's talking about. He must be writing new music. Is he starring in anything? He was an NY City, a New York City cop at the time. And I knew this about him, he, like not at the time, but uh, in his early career, he, he started off as a cop. So like I had some stuff on Eddie Money that I wanted to showcase to the world. So... So this is not his, this is his manager. And so he's like, all right, well, I'll see what we can do. And, and if we have a few minutes, we'll see if Eddie wants to come over. I was like, fantastic. I run back and I'm, I'm all excited. And so the manager comes back, maybe 10 minutes later, comes in, knocks on the studio door and says to me, all right, listen, Eddie's going to do it. Um, he goes, listen, he's probably going to ask you, um, you know, if there's a fee, a sitting fee. And I'm like, listen, I, I like we don't. The office is all, is closed. It's in downtown New London. I couldn't cut him a check anyway. It's not that big of a deal. If we can't do the interview, we can't do the interview. He goes, yeah, I know. Usually asks for, you know, some kind of fee, but I understand. I'll ask him if he still wants to do it, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Ask him, but I definitely won't be able to to get a, a check cut this. You know, I would have to get sponsors around it, like, you know, in order to pay for it. And I don't think we're going to be able to do that. Fine. No problem. So I go to the bathroom. I come back. Boom. Standing right in my face. Eddie Money, who was not as big, he was like a slight fellow. Uh, okay. Small I always pictured him being a big dude. To be a big dude, and he was not a big dude. He was like a slight right. fellow, and he was actually kind of gaunt, too, a little bit. And so um, he didn't look like that great. And so uh, Eddie goes to the bathroom, and I'm like, all right, come in. I say to the manager, and we'll talk about what we're going to talk about. He's like, no, no, he's like, I got to stay here. Um, he goes, um, but Eddie's going to be with you for 10 minutes, right? Like to, to do the segment. I'm like, yeah. He goes, listen, just don't let him leave. Right. Like, uh, he's got other things to do. Don't let him leave. And I'm like, leave the casino. He's like, yeah, don't let him leave the casino. Um, but I, I've got to run and do something at the stage. If he's going to be interviewing with you, I don't have to worry about it. Right. So yep. I'm like, okay, no problem that uh, I can handle that. We're going to do the interview. We'll talk for 10 minutes. I'll wait for you to come back and whatever. Well, clearly he didn't tell me the extent to which I needed to keep Eddie in the studio. So uh, the guy leaves. Eddie comes in. He's like, where'd Charlie go? And I'm like, I just ran down to, to, to grab something from the stage. But we got, you know, we're on in about 35 seconds. You know, we'll talk about you being a cop. We'll talk about what you're up to now. Uh, we'll go to a commercial break. We'll come back to you. And, uh, and, and you know, we'll go from there. He's like, well, how long is the commercial break? I'm like, oh, it's probably about four and a half minutes. He's like, okay, perfect. We'll do the first part of the, the interview. And then I'm just going to, there was a, a Krispy Kreme donuts right next door. And uh, he goes, okay, cool. Uh, I'll just run. I'm going to grab a coffee. And then, you know, in that four and a half minutes, and then I'll come back. And I was like, okay, perfect. Right. So that's not Eddie leaving the casino, right? Like that's just Eddie going to, to, to Krispy Kreme hey, to get a cup of coffee. So he goes, oh, crap, uh, Charlie has my uh, my wallet on him. He goes, listen, do you have, he goes, I got to buy a pack of cigarettes too. Do you have like, you know, maybe a 50 on you uh, just until Charlie comes back? And I'm like, yeah, of course, this is Eddie money, no problem, right? Yep. So I had two 20s in my wallet. Boom, boom, I give him the, and now this is before the, the interview starts. I give him the, the first part of the interview. I give him the 40, just so that it'll be quick, right? I'll finish the interview. He'll run over. He'll grab his cigarettes. He'll grab his coffee, and we'll come back and finish. Okay. <laughs> give him the 40 bucks. I put my headphones on. We're in the studio. Eddie's got his headphones on, and he goes, hold on one second. I forgot something. 
takes his headphones off. We're about to start for 10 seconds. I've got until we're about to go live. I flip on. Eddie takes off out of the studio, but there's still the back office. I'm like, I must be doing something back there. I start 104.7 The Wolf. This is Jones. Super excited to have the one and only Eddie Money coming on and and, and used to be a New York City <laughs> nice cop. Nice radio and, voice. Right? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's what that, you got, that you got a future in that. Yep. So then I turn around, no Eddie to be found. Now I'm like, all right, so actually we're going to start you off with a little two tickets to paradise. We're going to play this and then we're going to have Eddie. It's going to be great. And I play two tickets to paradise. I go out. No Eddie. Gone. Not in the back studio. Not in anything. And I'm like, ah, crap. So I pop out. Two Tickets to Paradise still playing. I run over and check the Krispy Kreme. Not the Krispy Kreme. Check the cigarette little cigarette store. Not in there. Eddie's just gone. So so I go back in. (laughs) Two two Tickets tickets to Paradise. He had two tickets to (laughs) 20s to Paradise. And so I come back and... He packed his bags. He was gone tonight. He was, that's, <laughs> and gone. So I, I finished the song. I transition out. I play the commercial break and we're done and we're out. And I just never bring it up again. Well, about six minutes later, Charlie shows up. He goes, how did it go? I said, well, it didn't. He goes, what do you mean it didn't? And I said, he, he took 40 bucks from me to grab a cup of coffee and pack cigarettes. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, he's not going to get cigarettes. And he goes, and I'm not his manager, I'm his handler. I am to make sure that he gets to all of his shows. I'm hired by the casino. I'm not his manager. He goes, and you just lost the biggest drug addict and gambling addict in the world. And now he's somewhere not to be found. (laughs) Wonderful job, DJ Jones. And off Charlie went, and I never saw him and I never saw Eddie ever again. So you know what if anybody, else you didn't see? It was your 40 bucks. And and certainly never saw that 40 <laughs> bucks ever again. So there's my uh, my two tickets to my two 20s to paradise. If anybody sees Eddie money out there in the world, he owes me 40 bucks. All right. So, that's it. That's my uh, that, that, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. So, all right, man. Amazing. Great show. We're going to be uh, we're, we're, we're Comcast. I mean, we're Comic-Con in it this week. Uh, gonna be good stuff. And uh, anything else in closing before we head out? Hey man, uh, great job today, everybody. Make sure you're subscribing to Nerd Pod with Coach and K Rock. Share it with your friends. Let's get that subscription number up. Woohoo! I love it. All right, boys, let's close it down. All right, boys, let's close it down. Look at me, man, can't you see that I'm dying? Look at you, man, doing all your wanting Leaning against me like a goddamn bull So close to close, my skin starts to crawl Sweat pouring down, singing in my life You have been listening to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock from Podacy Entertainment. Be sure to follow Coach and K-Rock to stay up to date on all upcoming nerd pods and Podacy programs on Instagram, which you can find them at Podacy, that's P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, on Twitter, which is at NerdPodacy, which is N-E-R-D-P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, and Facebook, they're at NerdPod.